The best is yet to come. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Wallace out. The Texans say they have it, and they do. Now it's Texans All Access. Hello, Texans, and welcome once again. We are live tonight. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris. Johnny on the beach, I think, and he's staying away from uh, possible exposure there. I'm at home staying away from possible exposure here, and we're doing the show. This is how the media rolls in 2020 March because this is what we're dealing with with COVID-19 all over the world wreaking havoc, but this is a sports show, so I'm not going to focus too much on that, although it has affected our world, Johnny, because normally when the league year kicks off, as it did today at 3 p.m. Central, we make announcements, we have all this wonderful content we roll out, it's a great time to see what you got, to talk about what's happening around the league officially. We can still talk about it, but the thing is this. The teams cannot announce signings, acquisitions, unless you have a physical in the books. If you have a physical done, you feel confident with it, the contract is executed, then you can announce. That's why the Texans have nothing up on the website right now. Believe me, we have a lot of frustrated team members in our media crew that have all this great content ready to go, ready ready to fire from the chamber. Just can't do it right yet. How are you doing tonight, my friend? And I look forward uh, to the next hour with you talking about all this stuff. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. And, you know, it's funny because you said I don't hear Johnny. you're frustrated. Somehow I don't hear Johnny. Somehow I'm praying I'm still on the air. We're going to assume, maybe wrongly, that I'm still on the air. Uh, I don't know if Johnny's on, but I don't Mark, hear Johnny. Are you able to hear so me? I'm going to keep talking until somebody tells me that Johnny's on the air. Johnny? I am here, Mark. Are you there? I kind of I hear him way in the background, folks. you got to fix that. you got to fix that back in the studio we can do better. We can do better. Johnny, I'm going to take it for a while until they figure this out. And uh, producers, please tell me. I mean, here we are. Live radio, ladies and gentlemen. Piping in the phone line so I can hear it. Not difficult. I just heard B-Max so beautifully in my ear tell me that I was uh, on the air. So a couple of things I want to get to today. Obviously, regarding AFC South information, Nick Foles, that move taking place, allegedly, uh, going to the Chicago Bears as the Jags are going to go with Minshew for now, but we'll see how they take shape with the quarterback position moving forward. There are a lot of different options for them. But let's get back to the to your Houston Texans. Now, no reported moves today for the Texans. I just mentioned that the teams, all the all 32 clubs, if you see an NFL team announcing a signing officially on their official channel, social media, website, whatever, saying it's official, that means they have executed the contract. That means they had a physical. The contract's executed. They feel comfortable. And I'm not even sure if they need a physical. Most teams want to see the player. They want to be able to have their doctors or a doctor they trust sign off on the player before the contract is executed. I suppose that it's possible you could do it without. But they don't want contingent ones. They don't want, oh, we'll sign him or we'll announce this contingent on physical. They were very physicals. They were very clear on this to us uh, yesterday as they sent out a memo around the league yet late yesterday afternoon, evening. I forget exactly what it went out, but they were saying that they do not want the teams to announce signings just yet until the contracts are official. That's why you'll, you won't see anything about the reported Hopkins deal or Randall Cobb or any one of these transactions taking place. Do we have Johnny yet, folks? Mark, can you hear me? Yeah, you know, I've got you way in the background, Johnny. Interesting. Give me a I got you now. I got you now, my friend. Ah, you got me there now? There we go. 
Yeah, I got oh, you now. I got you now. Better. Okay, oh, so man. what do you I'm got so for sorry. me, my friend? Well, you know, you were talking about the physicals. You know, one aspect about the physicals is, and, and this is new just given the situation, you know, you're talking about having your team doctors have the opportunity to look over a player. I think this gets sort of tricky in trades because especially if you've got players involved like the Texans uh, reportedly do with the DeAndre Hopkins trade because you've got David Johnson going over there who's had a few injuries and you got DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona. So that's going to be sort of tricky. The other thing that you can do – Apparently, what the, the NFL is allowing is that if the player and the team agree upon a doctor that they trust to do a physical, then that can act as your in-house physical, and once they get that, they can go ahead and okay the deal at that point. Now, to, I don't know about you, Mark, but that one gets a little tricky, too, um, from that standpoint. So, I don't know. This, this was the one part of all the – the, the talk about free agency, it can go on, you can make deals, because all that's done remotely anyways. But I worried about the physical. And are we going to look back at some point and some team made a signing and they really didn't have an opportunity for their doctors to do a physical once you know, they had uh, obtained that player or signed that player, and all of a sudden, oh, man, this guy had something we didn't know about or agreed upon doctor didn't find it. So there could be some tricky stuff with that. But, again, uh, that's kind of the times we're living in right now. If teams want to announce it, uh, they've got to be able to have that physical in hand. Um, and that's why you're going to see a lot of teams, if they put anything out there. Uh, I saw the Buffalo Bills put out you know, a graphic with Stephon Diggs, and it's, um, you know, apparently we acquired Stephon Diggs. It was, the language of it was very peculiar at this time of year, given uh, where we are and all this. But yeah, that's what we're living in right now. So uh, we continue to move forward, and there's been, a lot, there's been a lot of news today, Mark, all across the NFL for sure. Yeah, a lot of news, and I think we're going to get to it all tonight. But uh, back to the Houston Texans situation for a moment here. And this is, you know, this is one of those interesting situations when you do what you and I do, uh, weeknights at 6, 6 to 7 in the offseason, 6 to 8 during the season. Uh, we we can discuss whatever we want during the ra- uh, radio hour. I mean, there are reports out there. We discuss it. We've talked about how Randall Cobb might help this football team. We've talked about all of it, and we're going to do it on Texans 360 as well. Saturday night's. At 11 o'clock on ABC 13, you can count on us to talk about these reported transactions and acquisitions, uh, but it's not something we can do on the website right now. What you do get from us, so you're not going to get breaking news or speculation on the website, but what you will get from us is stuff like your Telestrator. That's something that's exclusive to us. Nobody else can give you that stuff. And, you know, Johnny and I are around the building. I mean, not right now at the moment because I think we all know why. But uh, we're around the building, and we see guys in a different way. We get to talk to them in a, di- in a different way. And all our team, really, you could say this about our entire media crew, uh, the perspective we have, the insight we have of what's going on. And here's the other thing. That moves are made, transactions are made. I just wrote about this. I don't know if the article's up on HoustonTexans.com. But, Johnny, I wrote about the start of free agency, and I know it's been um, – been a bit of a tough week for Texans fans and all that with uh, you know such a notable player departing and I totally get it we've talked about it a little bit during this program but you know my take is look that our job you and I is not to you know they don't really too often come ask for our opinion on transactions I don't know I, I can't speak for you have they asked you about trades and free agent no, signings much no, like should they no. sign this guy or not I'm pretty much the last guy in the totem pole I'm pretty sure that our, <laughs> our, our, our new cleaning crew would probably get a question uh, asked of them before I would. And I think you're probably two steps ahead of me. So, yeah, I, you know, we, 
uh, you know, our, our opinion uh, doesn't, doesn't matter a whole heck of a lot. But I do know there are a lot of people that listen to us and want to, they want to, they want to know what we think and, and, yeah. and that kind of thing. And so we, and we understand that we, we completely understand that. We talked about that on Monday, obviously with the DeAndre Hopkins deal. And, and look, it's, it's still, it's still probably going to be pretty raw for people to try and get over it. Of course, it gets drummed up again today because it's the start of the new league year. But I, I, as much, as much as it's things, Mark, we got to think about 2020 and, and okay, well, how do we, you know, using, uh, you know, boating terms that don't know that well, how do we get the boat back to the marina? You know, how do we get it back in there? What do we have to do? What do we have to do now? We know what happened. What do we do now? How do we, how do we get going on 2020 with what's already in the building? What do we have to do? What's our to-do list? Have we, you know, we've revised it probably. What do we have to do to get this thing moving uh, in 2020? And, and obviously the Texans continue to do that. 31 other teams in the league uh, have done that and are doing that right now. Um, and some teams made some deals uh, today uh, that you look at and go, oh, boy, this could get kind of interesting. And obviously the AFC South kind of gets turned upside down with all the different quarterback movement uh, that has taken place over the last few days. Absolutely. And being a sailor, a sailboat racer myself, formerly, uh, you yes. could have used a better boating analogy, but I think it's okay. That's I think true. it's okay for the mass That's audience, true. but I was going to go, like, how do we get it around the windward mark? You know, how are we going right. to win the race here? How are the Texans going to win games in 2020 with what they've got and what they could possibly get from here? And that's our job. And I think that people will find that interesting in the coming weeks because, look, this is what you got. This is your team. And uh, you want to see how they're going to do it. You know, it's funny because they've made moves over the years. Some have been celebrated. Free agency itself, Johnny, the first couple of days, the legal tampering period. And before we had that, we still had leaks and things like that. But the first couple of days of free agency, have, however you want to define those, have always been really interesting. And I think only three or four times in the history of this franchise have they made acquisitions that have been real headline busters. You know, like you go back yeah. to Brock in 2016. Mm-hmm. I think that 2011, it's hard to say headline busters because that was such a frenzy in two, yeah. three days after the lockout. But Jonathan Joseph and Daniel Manning were certainly there. Uh, and those two had wild differences in the results you got from them, right? Osweiler obviously didn't work out at all. At all. Uh, I don't want to say at all. I mean, he did quarterback this team for a season, and they won a division and all that. But for what you wanted him to be, that did not work right. out according to plan. Uh, Jonathan Joseph and Daniel Manning obviously worked out very well for this team. I'll go back to Amon Green, who is a four-time pro bowler, but obviously didn't turn out that well here. You know, and there are numerous others, but those are the real headline busters. What am I missing in terms of free agent acquisitions? Ed Reed was a pretty big one at the time. Yeah, We all knew he was at the end of his career, but we were hoping for something, and you got nothing out of him. So it doesn't always go according to plan when you win the free agent press conference, if you will. And very often they have it, and I've always told people, and I know, I know you feel this way, you don't win the game in March. You know, you have to, you have to let things play out. You have to let the, last year we were going through this as well. What are they going to do with tackle? They didn't get Trent Brown. It's a disaster. Oh, my gosh. And mm-hmm. you had to let it play out till Labor Day weekend in that case. So you don't know how it's going to go, and you just have to let things sort of transpire. Well, Mark, you said it. I mean, that was the side of it that I, I thought about. And I, when I think about – it's not so much free agency, but I think about kind of the, the, the new league year. I think back to 2017, and I remember there was so much talk about Tony Romo potentially coming to the Texans that it makes sense. 
Tony Romo is going to be a Texan. Oh, my gosh. Could that, could that mean they're going to end up going to a Super Bowl if he steps in for Brock? And then all of a sudden we read one day, Tony Romo's not even not going to Texans. He's not going anywhere. He's going to CBS Sports to do announcing. And it was like there was shock in that. And then it was like, whoa, 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 wait a second. What are we going to do now? Well, what came out of that? Deshaun Watson. So even when there have been moments over the last how many ever years where we've gone, they haven't done anything. What are they doing? How is this going? All of a sudden, boom, Deshaun Watson. And like you said last year, you know, if you gave me the option of, hey, here's Trent Brown for, you know, God knows how much money, or here's Laramie Tunsil. And look, I'm well aware of what they gave up for Laramie. I get it. I take Laramie Tunsil all day, every day. And I pay the price, obviously, with two firsts and all that. We already talked about that. But when we didn't get Trent Brown and Nate Solder the year before that, and by the way, what's Nate Solder doing? I mean, how's, how's that going? Now, Trent Brown had a pretty good year with the Raiders, and he's, he's been a really good player. And that's great. The Raiders had to pay a lot of money to go get Trent Brown. And the Texans, they're going to have to pay a lot of money for Laramie Tunsil at some point. But when you didn't get Trent Brown, it's like, ah, fold up shop. We, what are they doing? What are they doing over on Kirby? What are them boys on Kirby doing? They ain't doing anything. What are they doing? And the grand reality is, okay, yeah, they went out and they signed Matt Khalil. It didn't work. So they're like, let's go get the best left tackle in the game. And they did. So you're right, Mark. They're, just because this day or these series of days at first looks like, oh, my God, a dart before the dawn or, uh, you know, I wish I had a boating term that I could use and you could help me with this. But it's like, <laughs> you know, let's, you want to panic now in March? Or you want to see how this thing gets put together? Because I'll be honest, the last couple of days, I've been sitting there watching Randall Cobb on film. I've been watching David Johnson on film. And I'm thinking, man, this could get really interesting. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. And different scares people. Different scares a lot of people. You know, how many times have you heard, oh, man, that guy's really good. Man, but he's a little different. That scares people. That scares a lot of people. But if you let it play out, maybe you look up and go, Wait a second. Stills, Fuller, and Cobb are all healthy. David Johnson's healthy. Duke Johnson's healthy. Now, are they all going to be? Hey, who, you know, who knows? We'd like to see that. I haven't got it at the tight ends yet. There's a possibility. This offense, you look around going, hmm, this offense could have a few, more, uh, a few more nooks and crannies than maybe it had before. You know, Darren Fells is coming back. Holly Waring, hopefully, like we talked about the other night is not going to be Travis Kelsey, but could he be a guy that gives you 45, 50 catches next year as a tight end and threatens coverages unlike you've been able to since Deshaun Watson's been there? There are a lot of different things that you're going to be able to do. So I'll be honest, I got sort of excited when I'm watching Randall Cobb run wheel routes against Devontae Maddox from Philly and just roast him. Just roast him. I watched David Johnson against the Atlanta Falcons. I'm like, one play, he runs, they, run a, they run a duo play, 17-yard game, finds a hole, boom, hits it. Next play, he's the, he's the outlet on a play action. He's just like, hey, I'm over here. Kyler throws to him, 30-yard 30, 30 gain. A few plays later, it's third and three. They line him up as the number one wide receiver, the perimeter wide receiver. He runs a speed out on a safety. Guy's not even close to covering him. The ball is high. Johnson goes up, climbs the ladder, snatches it, two feet and bounce, first down. And that was all in one drive. And I start thinking about, holy cow, what are you going to be able to do with these pieces once you put them together? And again, just like we've said for a long time, if everybody is healthy. But well, you just what yeah, team you in, just said what team it. in the league? What team in the league can't say that, Mark? I mean, what team in the league goes? Well, you know, we can be really, really good if they're all healthy. I mean, think about what we heard after Week Six last year with Patrick Mahomes. Oh, he wasn't healthy. 
We want healthy. If he's not healthy, then that Chiefs offense is not very good. Well, okay. It goes for everybody. So yeah, if does. everybody's healthy, then you got an opportunity. I, I think it's a lot to ask, you know, with Will based on the past. And uh, it's, it's freaky because Notre Dame, when he was there, there were no problems, right? Virtually no right. problems. And, and here it's been a different story. But you said it. I mean, if you, if you could tell me that these guys would stay healthy for 13 games each approximately and you had Watson playing at least 15, my gosh, you'd have one of the better offenses in the league easily, easily. You know, I'll give you your 10, 11 wins, no problem. But that's a big if right there, and I think that's what they're going to have to work on. You know, what else do they do at receiver because they can't be assured of health? So we'll talk about that a bit. Also, AFC South, how's it looking after today's huge move? All of it coming your way on Texans Radio. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. This is Deshaun Watson. The bomb from Deshaun Watson. And you're listening to Texas Radio. My goodness. All right, Mark Vandermeer, John Harris with you on another COVID show, Texans All Access, uh, because I'm broadcasting from the house and I've seen so many different setups at home. I'm finally like Ian Rappaport or Charlie Casserly. You know how Charlie Johnny has the um, Redskins Super Bowl football behind him. Like, hey, see, nothing from the Texans here. It's all Redskins. Uh, when he's broadcasting from home, people don't, who don't know on NFL Network, when you see Rappaport, when you see Charlie Casserly, often on ESPN, when you see Schefter, you see with Dick Vitale, they broadcast from home on television. We can do this on radio, too. Uh, probably a lot easier. So Johnny's down uh, trying to get a vacation in, but I don't know if you're being successful or not doing that. Are, are you? Are you getting some rest? Is he? I don't know. Johnny? I don't have Johnny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we're back to this. We're back to this. Is he there? Is Johnny there? I don't know. Okay, well, I'll just keep the show. How about going. now, Mark? Can you hear me now, Mark? I got you now. Boy, we're doing oh, this every segment. Last time, go. it might have been operator error on my end, and it may or may not have involved my seven-year-old. Um, well, anyway. It's, it, well, it's operator error on my end, so I, I Oh, okay, good. So, yeah, I mean, not that, good, that me. but that was it's me. not Joanna's fault who's producing for us tonight. And, Joanna, no, no, no. by the way, when, when I say the name Joanna, do you automatically think of this song? Roll it, Joanna. Oh, it's freezing up. Oh, see, there it is. See, cool in the gang, right, Joanna? Now, the problem is, I think this song is from sometime in the 80s. And you can fade it out now. A lot of people remember that, but some of you younger folk don't. It's amazing when you have, you know, there was somebody at the Texans who was named Claire. I said, Claire Gilbert O'Sullivan's song. Like, what? You know, they look at you. Uh, I think Amanda Caffey, who works with us, I don't know if she heard of the song Amanda by Boston or no. not. She no, hadn't. she had okay. not. She didn't even uh, know. We brought that up with her, and she was just like, what? I mean, she looked at us like we had three heads. I mean, Tyler Marcotte, she hadn't even seen Bull Durham. I'm like, wait a second. Hold Has he seen now. it yeah. now? No, he's not seen it now. Right, so he and and he runs our television shows. So I mean, this yes. is unacceptable. Although he's like twenty four years old, but this is unacceptable. Yes. You have to know this. Bull Durham is like scripture for sports movies. 
Bull Durham, it's not like Pride of the Yankees or something like that. It's not Newt Rockney All-American. This is Bull Durham. You have to have seen this movie. Best baseball movie you ever uh, Best baseball movie oh. ever made, you think? Uh, it's, it's my favorite. I guarantee I mean, it's, it's funny be. because when I, when, I was, when I was growing up, baseball was my best sport. And I, after seeing Bull Durham, I was like, my goal in life at that point was to spend one year in the minor leagues. And I, and I wanted to be a player, but I was like, I want to spend mm. one year in the minor leagues. That's what I want to do. I want to drive the buses. I want to go to games. And then I did one better. I got uh, to the NFL uh, due to your help, and now uh, I just do it with the NFL. And I think one, it's better that better. way than minor leagues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one better. Uh, one better. I was at Central Michigan doing uh, stuff there for a while, so that was kind of like the minors for me, although that's a Division One team, and it's very good, and uh, it was a great experience for me. Okay. Let's talk about what happened today in the AFC South, and we're not going to drop the Texans topic. Believe me, we're coming back to it again and again. But what about Nick Foles and what happened to him today, Johnny? You know, it's funny. We talked about this one, Mark, and we talked about it for a while, what they would do, how they would go about it. Anything they really did with Foles, I I felt like there was no way Jacksonville could really win in this thing because if they – if they got rid of him, then they were going to have a huge cap hit, which they're going to. I think it's like 19 or $20 million, uh, on a cap hit. They were then going to entrust Gardner Minshew, who I think did some good things as a rookie. And I know Jacksonville people want to get excited about him, and I think they should get excited about him. But we saw in London Gardner Minshew is going to have some trouble once teams really focus on keeping him in the pocket because that's what we did in London. We focused on keeping him in the pocket, and he couldn't throw over all our guys. And when he did, the ball sailed, it was interceptions, and it became very difficult for him to move the football against us, and they obviously only put up three points that day. So I do think Gardner Minshew, I don't think that Jacksonville is going to be out of the quarterback business. I, I think Gardner Minshew will be their starter, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Jacksonville, especially with what David Caldwell did in 2014, going to, getting Blake Bortles with pick number three, and we didn't see that one coming. So I think they're probably going to stay in the quarterback business, but I think getting a fourth, if you can – if you can withstand the cap hit, which I don't know how much the Jags could withstand the cap hit because they had to move A.J. Boye. They had to move Calais Campbell. You know, they had to get more salary off the books. And now, remember that 2017 defense, Mark? Remember that week one game when we played him at home and we were coming off of Harvey and we're like, look, we'll, we'll be fine. It's Jacksonville. We'll just show up. We'll play off the emotion of the crowd. And they brought that defense out with Calais and Yannick and Miles Jack. And the secondary they had with Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye and Church and Gibson, it was like, these guys are nasty. What's left? Nothing. No, nothing's left of that defense in three years. In three years. So they had to tear it all down. And part of it is because they didn't get it right at quarterback. And because of that, cap hit of signing Foles last year cost them players on defense. The cap hit they're taking this year because of Foles is also impacting their defense. They had to get uh, – they had to – trade away two key pieces to the defense in Clay's Campbell and A.J. Boyish. So the full signing has really set them back. But if they feel like Minshew is at least a guy they can rely on and feel good about, then fine. Go for it. I don't know that I'm all the way there in Minshew, but they had to get what they could for Foles. I was just – I guess, Mark, I was surprised that Foles had a little bit more of a market than, than, I, than I originally thought. And the one thing I saw today, and I don't know how much truth there is to this, but – Apparently the Colts were diving into the Nick Foles business before the Colts ended up going with Phillip Rivers. Now, I don't know if yes. the guy just said, look, we're not trading in division. We're not going to trade in division. And then they went, okay, let's go for Phillip Rivers. 
But the Colts had gone out and gotten Nick Foles, that would have got all kinds of interesting in the division. But I think with the Bears, and this, who's your starting quarterback now in Chicago? To me, it's still Mitch Trubisky, but I think that's not going to be very long. I think it's going to be kind of a Tannehill situation. Trubisky struggles, can't show they turn the corner, and then all of a sudden you end up going – uh, with Nick Foles and Chicago Bears, and I think he ends up being the guy for a while there uh, once Trubisky doesn't make it. But, man, that to me, to see that there was such a market for Nick Foles for how much is on his contract, I'm, I just, I'm sort of floored that they were able to get a market and create a market for him uh, with the number of teams being involved, including the Colts in the division. You know, uh, a lot to that, Johnny, and uh, I don't know if I'm – a Bears fan if I'm really excited about this one I don't monitor Chicago sports talk radio I've got other things to do like many of us but it's not a uh, it's not a game breaker for me it's not a game changer necessarily I think it's better potentially than Trubisky no doubt I mean based on what he's done but it, again you always point out you need the talent around him to make it work yep. and, and maybe they have enough um, the other part of this or two other parts of this you brought up the cap figure and had Foles even been a success for them, they still have cap problems because of the Foles deal, right? If he's still down there yep. slinging it, yep. they still have cap problems. They knew it. And that's why, you know, everyone got excited for them building through free agency the way they did. And, look, give them credit because they went to the AFC Championship game. They had a chance to beat New England, could not close the deal. And I think, you know, a lot of people would say that's worth it. You know, that's worth it, not necessarily the way it ended for them, but had they made it to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl, it's worth it when you're making the run with free agents if you got to tear it down ultimately and uh, and rebuild somehow. So I think many people would have said that, okay, you took your shot, and um, and now you got to rebuild. You're going to pay the price. I don't know if they could afford to do that. That AFC Championship game spike campaign that they had, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. enough to sustain them for the next three years, in other words, because look at the three, four, five, six, seven years before that for the Jaguars. Also, I was uh, texted by a member of the media, why why don't you guys do what some of the other NFL team websites are doing, like the Bears who are announcing that NFL Network reported that Foles is – uh, acquired by them in a trade, and I'm thinking, um, we're not doing that. You know, Jay McDevitt, who runs our digital media, and I, and a bunch of other people, we always talk about this kind of stuff, and we decided back in 2013 that as a team we would stop doing that kind of stuff where we'd put on our website, report, the Texans acquire. Like, I don't want to do that. We have to wait till it's official. I'm going to wait till it's official. Uh, I'm, you know, I know that would be great to have those uh, those page views, but I'm not going to do it like that. I just think it looks silly. So, no, I'm with, you. I'm with you on that. And by the way, yep. Mark, um, whatever happened to Saxonville? Is it closed now? Like, what happened to Saxonville? Well, unfortunately, there's a way you can sort of manipulate the vowel and, and make it funny in a bad way yeah. for them. And yeah. I think that some people have done that. And that's what ha- I think they went too nuts with that. Look, I on one hand, I give them credit for the creativity. And we go, I go back to, and this is, again, a dated reference, but the New York Sack Exchange. Remember yeah. that with Mark Gastineau yeah. and Joe Klecko with the Jets? Look, they never won a Super Bowl. Did they make it to an AFC Championship game? I think they played the Dolphins maybe. They did, 82, but, um, yeah. Yeah, so, all right, great. They made it to an AFC Championship game with Richard Todd as their quarterback, the Joe Namath replacement. Uh, But, you know, look, uh, cute nicknames are great. I love them. Uh, But uh, that one, it just couldn't stick long enough. You know, they just weren't racking up enough sacks. And they would put it as their Twitter handle or their Twitter avi, 
and then uh, they would have to take it off if they had a bad game and with no sacks. And then they yeah. had a, they'd have another game with four sacks, and boop, it's right back up there. So I don't know. It's tough. It's a tough world in social media. Okay, but let me ask you this. Foles or Rivers in Indy? Who do you fear more as a Texan? Fear, I hate that word. Who are you more concerned about playing quarterback for the Colts, Foles or Rivers? It's obviously Rivers now, but Foles was an option for them. Yeah, I I think I would have probably, man, considering what Foles, when Foles had the weapons around him in Philly and what he did to us that week 16 game up in Philly in 2018, I probably would have to say Foles. Now, Rivers has had his way with us at various points throughout his career, but you always could rely on Philip Rivers to, to throw you one. You, always, you could rely on him to give you one. I mean, think about the game in L.A. in week three. You know, they're going down. You know, I think we had cut it to 17-14. And they're going down. They're going to put some points on the board. And he fumbled. You know, after Whitney. Whitney didn't even hit him all that hard. But he fumbled the ball. He gave it right to us. He was good for one of those or two of those uh, in a game. So, I think Rivers is going to be that kind of guy with the Colts talent. He's going to push the envelope even more. So, I think there's going to be opportunities there when you face the Colts that, yeah, they're going to put some points up on the board. But, Rivers is going to end up keeping you in the game. I think Nick Foles would be more of a controlled – I'm trying to think of the right way of putting this. Nick Foles would be more of a controlled guy in the for that offense. He'd take the check downs. He knows he's got Marlon Mack. He knows he's got Naeem Hines. He would use those guys. I think Phillip would do it, but Phillip would get greedy because he's like Paris Campbell going deep. T.Y. Hilton, I'm going to him. I think that's where he's going to you know fall into some trouble if he doesn't take – some of what the defense is giving them. And I think that's where Rivers kind of fell into some trouble with, with the Chargers at the end. He kept trying to push that thing down the field and just wasn't there for him. And there were things he didn't see. So I actually, I don't mind facing Rivers for the next couple of years. And the other part of it is, too, if Foles ended up being a success, we'd have probably seen Foles for, what, five, six, seven years, maybe, if he's a success in Indy. How much mm-hmm. does Phil have left? A year? Yeah. It's a one-year deal. Have to so. whole, yeah, they're going to have to redo this whole quarterback thing again next year. I'm yeah. fine I'm fine with that. And the biggest thing I'm fine with is we're not facing number 12. Thank God we're not facing Andrew Luck. I'm fine with whatever else the Indianapolis Colts want to throw out there because it's not that guy. Yeah, he and the Misses have a place in uh, Northern California and in Indy, and it just seems like um, they're uh, they're done. They're not going to come back. So that's a good thing for everybody in the AFC South other than the Indianapolis Colts fans. And, Johnny, with the Houston Texans, A.J. McCarron coming back reportedly. So you look at the backup quarterback situation, solid. He played well in that Week 17 game. Um, You know, I was was about to say you'd like to see more of him. No, you don't. You don't want to see more of him. But in August, (laughs) I'd like to see more of him. In August, because he didn't play at all in the preseason last year. So you'd like to get him – let him get his feet wet in the preseason a lot and play a bunch just in case as your insurance policy, he's ready. Yeah. That's the one thing to me when I saw that signing, I was like, first of all, good. I I think, you know, I think AJ did a really nice job in that week 17 game. Although it's interesting after the game, I was asking him because he had taken a shot in that game. He had taken like a a knee to the thigh when he dove on a run. And so I was asking him uh, or knee to the, the rib cage. I mean, and I asked him, I said, you okay? And uh, you took a pretty hard show. He goes, oh, man. Yeah. He goes, I felt it on the other side of my body. I was like, oh, man. He goes, but you know what? I don't even feel it. And I kind of looked at him. He goes, I'm just so happy to be back out there playing and competing. 
And I thought that was awesome to hear. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so cool to hear how he loves competing. And when he hit his hand on a Green Bay Packer helmet up in Green Bay, and we realized, oh, man, we might miss this guy for a lot longer than just the preseason. I thought, what are we going to do? But now the fact we get to see him in the preseason, hopefully that won't happen again. I think he's going to get extended time in the preseason. I think that is going to help him tremendously, um, especially with, you know, what the Texans are going to have receiver. I think that's really going to help A.J. McCarron. So I'm glad he's back. Um, I think he is uh, the right fit as a backup quarterback. I was really excited to see him back. So I think it's going to be a good fit, Mark. All right, coming up, we had a lot of questions about this last year. We really don't have too many this year, but if there are any, what are they? And also, Johnny mentioned the preseason. That's about to change pretty darn soon. Uh, That's kind of the hidden story we haven't gotten to because there's been so much other stuff going on. But over the weekend, something huge happened in this league, and let's get to it next on Texans Radio. Can't get enough Texans radio? We've got shows. We've got podcasts. We've got interviews. It's all on HoustonTexans.com. If you love podcasts and you love the Texans, you'll love our Texans podcasts. Now available on iTunes and HoustonTexans.com. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Johnny down, trying to get us some, uh, trying to get him some vacation time. I'm at home broadcasting from here, which is kind of weird with the kids running around and stuff, and um, don't, phones going off and and whatever else. I mean, I don't even know what this is. Do you hear this? I, I, mean, I hear some music bit. playing. Okay, there it is. I mean, it, I've got all these screens on. I'm trying to keep track of things. Free agency. By the way, I want to point this out, Johnny, that. I see a few more cases added to the COVID total for Harris County today, and uh, maybe that was an autoplay on one of the pages I went to. Um, Still not a huge number, apparently, but uh, obviously something they're keeping track of, and with more testing, you're going to get more positives, no doubt. But if you think you have symptoms, Houston Methodist has something that you might want to check out because you might not want to go in right away. Again, a lot of people have this, and, they need to ride it out. Sometimes it is serious, obviously, uh, you know, very serious symptoms. But log on to Houston Met or log on to your app store and uh, get the virtual urgent care app through Houston Methodist. Just find Houston Methodist and you can find this virtual urgent care component that's really going to help you out as far as uh, getting some diagnosis or some over-the-app diagnosis and maybe give you another uh, set of directions as to what to do from where you are at. So if you think you have symptoms, Houston Methodist has that virtual urgent care app available for you. All right, Johnny, here we go. A couple of things that I wanted to hit on here. One was uh, Eric Murray. We talked about him last night. But special teams, I got a feeling this guy can factor in in that third phase and obviously very important to them. I mean, I see that they played Justin Reed a lot on special teams last year. Maybe they don't want to do that as much. Uh, and, and that's something that's going to come into focus here as the offseason continues that phase of the game. Uh, no question, Mark. And I think the, the signing of Taiwan Jones back to Buffalo opens mm-hmm. up one of those spots on, you know, your core four, you know, special teamers. You're going to need guys to be on all four special teams. And, you know, Justin, like you said, he's getting to a point where he's too valuable in a sense to, to go out on special teams and be out on special teams. Uh, especially on all four, and I think he was on on punt team. But that said, yeah, absolutely. I mean, what we see happen with free agents, if you look at it and go, I don't really know that guy. 
he could probably assume that special teams are going to be a factor for that player. Then once we get to the draft, you're going to see players where you go, man, I don't know how that guy fits. I'm not totally sure. And then you go, wait a second, special teams. I mean, like last year, Colin Gillespie. They get Colin, they get Gilly in the seventh round. And what you end up getting out of a seventh rounder, he was on every single special team. He then helped you at fullback over the last few weeks of the year and on to the playoffs. So, yes, every one of these guys that are going to get drafted, more than likely, well, depending on what position they end up doing in the, in the second round, but from third round on, I would imagine those guys are going to have to contribute on special teams uh, because, look, there's going, to be, there's going to be players coming and going. Taiwan Jones is one, obviously, uh, we know is going. Hopefully we'll get Dylan Cole back 100%, and that's, you know, Dylan can step right back in uh, to being a big factor on the defense and on special teams. But you're right, Mark. Special teams has got to be something that this team continues at a high rate because the last two years, the special teams have been really, really good. We've, they've got to maintain that level uh, at all times. And your specialists with Weeks and Anger and Kaimi, they're all coming back. So there's continuity there. So hopefully there's not going to be any you know, kind of blips in the field goal operation as there were at the beginning of the year. But, uh, yeah, a guy like Eric Murray, he's got, some, he's got some playing time out on the defensive side. There's no question about it. But I would imagine special teams are going to be a, a major factor for him and a number of the guys that they signed that are coming back some of the guys that are coming back and some guys that they continue to sign over the next few days. Thoughts on Jarrell Casey going to Denver for a seventh? Oh, thank God. Thank God. Jarrell Casey didn't play exceptionally well against us this year, Mark, but he was such a factor for them. I saw that today and I just went, it was one of those where I did the dog head turn like, what? For, wait, did I read that right? For a seventh? Yeah. So I, I, you know, and I know Denver was, was really hot on DJ Reader, and they were going to have to pay a significant amount to Reader to get him to come to Denver, and obviously Reader decides to go to Cincinnati. So when I saw what they, what how little Denver gave up to get Jarrell Casey, I'm like, man, I holy smokes! I just know the Titans would have never dealt Jarrell Casey to us. And I know people because that was your first thought, like, man, I give up a seventh, but then again you're not going to get that deal inside the division. And that obviously is what happened. He goes to Denver. I think he, uh, he steps in there. You know, you don't know what Derek Wolf is going to have coming back. He's coming off an injury, so you don't know exactly when he's going to be healthy. So I think it was a great move for Denver. And thank God, John Elway, thank you. Jarrell Casey has been such a thorn in the side. And I'm just really curious what the Titans do now. So they got Jeffrey Simmons, and they got Daquan Jones. But other than that up front, they're, they're – they're not big. They're not big, and I don't think they're very good. So mm. I know Jeffrey Simmons is going to be a stud. So I would yeah. imagine the draft capital for Tennessee is going to be going towards, you know, fixing that defensive line. And then also, are they 100% certain that Dennis Kelly is their starting right tackle? Because if they're not, they're also going to have to look in that direction as well. So, um, you know, and then the one other one that's out there that I've heard them uh, link to is Devion Clowney. And we know JD's going to end up getting a pretty penny. So there are a lot of things going on with that situation in Tennessee. Um, but Jarrell Casey going for a seventh, I was floored. I mean, you're going to knock me over with a feather, and you couldn't do that my entire life. I've always been fat. So you couldn't do that. But you could have today because I was totally shocked that happened. Genevion Clowney still out there, still on the market. We'll see what happens there. Now, last year at this time, we hinted on this offensive line. Who is going to be the left tackle? What else were you going to do at guard? 
what were you going to do overall? Well, we saw that they drafted two guys in Titus Howard, Max Sharping. They became starters. Titus will be back playing the right side. Laramie on the left side, who you acquired Labor Day weekend. I mean, you feel pretty good about the O-line. Very good, maybe, going in to the 2020 season. Why not? You invested a lot there with a one, a two, with Nick Martin, who you drafted and then signed to an extension. And, of course, Laramie, who you acquired in that mega deal with Miami. So I like it. I want to see how else uh, it shapes up because you know them. They're unlikely to stay put uh, all across the board, but maybe they do, Johnny. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the offensive line, and, again, we go back to health. I, you know, when they, I remember when we went out to L.A. and heard week three – hey, look, they might be playing Titus out of tackle and moving Sharping into guard, and this is the offensive line they want to go with. I remember looking around going, hey, they know that Ingram and Bosa are over there, right? They know that that, that defensive line is one of the best in the league, and they virtually shut them down. And I'm like, maybe they got something with this group. And whenever that group was together, all together, Laramie, Max, Nick, Zach, and uh, Titus, that group was very, very good. I know some people still point, well, they gave up 44 sacks. Look, they gave up a lot of those sacks the first couple games. And then after Titus ended up going out, they had to make some serious adjustments. Why that five is so important is because you want Darren Fells to stay involved in your passing game. You'd like for Jordan Akins and Kylie Waring to be involved in the passing game. But if you've got to help your right tackle with a tight end, and that's what they were doing near the end of the year, then it takes Fells and it takes Aikens and it takes Waring out from those positions and it puts them as a pass protector. Now, some Darren Fells does really well, but Darren Fells also, we saw, ends up being a really good receiver. So if, you know, to use the Rockets term, you're going to run it back with that five, I don't really have a problem with that. I feel pretty good about that group. Now, if you're going to, if you feel like there's a chance to upgrade somewhere on that line, sure. Seth asked me this question when I was in with him last week, and he asked me, okay, this is kind of before all the coronavirus stuff really hit, and we were kind of theoretically diving into different things and doing a sports talk show, and he asked me, would you ever take a flyer on Trent Williams and then move Titus back into guard? And I was like, I, I mean, I don't know that I would do that just because either Trent or Laramie – is going to be playing a position that they have. Now, Laramie's played guard before, but Laramie's left tackle, Trent Williams' left tackle. One of them would have to move to right tackle as Titus then moved inside. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. But I get Seth's point, and that is, you want to play a little bit of bully ball? You could yeah. with that group. You could. Well, I don't know that I want to do that, but you're going to have to when you face the Colts. You put Buckner in that group now with the Colts, you're going to have to play some bully ball against those guys. But I'll tell you what about Zach Fulton. There's one thing Zach will do. He's got some heavy hands, and he's got some pop. So uh, I don't think you'll lose much at all in that way with Zach Fulton in that guard. So if they run it back with the five they've got, I, I, feel, I feel okay with that considering some of the other needs that they have on this team still heading into the, into the uh, into training camp 2020. Trent Williams, easier said than done. Uh, Johnny, CBA over the weekend, we only got about a minute left here, but your your thoughts on that as 17 games can't happen any earlier than 2021. Yeah, I've, you know, I've come around in the seven playoff teams. I think you <laughs> you sort of you sort of got me with that, like, well, wait a second, we could have three playoff games Saturday and three on Sunday. 
okay, sign me up. I'm, I'm good. I, I want this to happen. So I think I'm excited about that. Some of the nuanced part of it, I think it's going to be kind of cool. You know, the, the offensive linemen that they have to have active on, on game day, kind of the emergency offensive linemen, I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be good. And look, I understand where the players are coming from with 17 games, boy, that's going to be, that's going to be rough, rough, but that won't happen for a couple of years. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But I do think there were some things where they, they looked at increasing the number of players in the roster, increasing the number of practice squad members. I like some of that stuff. Um, I was pretty happy with that. The finances, now it's up to the TV contracts. And I don't know how all, what we got going on, Mark, is going to impact that. But now get the TV contracts done and, you know, NFL players are about to make a whole lot more money than they've ever made before. So, you know, good on them for that. I know it's a close vote. I know some players are not totally happy with it. But we got football until 2030. Um, and labor peace, I, I suppose, until 2030. And I just hope I live to see 2030, Mark. Well, I hope we get football sooner rather than later, Johnny, and all the rest of the sports as well. Thanks a lot for being with us tonight. And we'll be back with everyone tomorrow night at 6. Check out the website for interesting stuff. We can't announce players yet, but we have some interesting stuff in there anyway because that's how we roll. We're doing our best. And, again, back tomorrow night at 6, Friday night at 6, and Texans 360 Saturday night, 11 p.m. on ABC 13. Have a great night. Thank you, Joanna, for producing. Go Texans. This is Whitney Merciless, and you're listening to Texans Radio. Don't touch that dial or else. 